6, Acts chapter 6. And with the help of the Lord, we'll read seven verses. How many glad you're saved tonight? Amen. Again, let me add that prior list. Miss Peggy Eisenhower, she'll be having a procedure in the morning. So remember that. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And we will give ourselves continually to prayer to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set over the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. We are continuing this thought of a practical learning, practical Christian living. This will be number four, and I've titled it, how to handle conflict. How to handle conflict. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. I'm going to ask um, Corey to lead us to the throne of grace. Amen. How to handle conflict. Conflict is inevitable when you get people together. This is true whether it's employment, government, family, and even in the church. We cannot or will not avoid conflict. However, we can learn how to handle it from the Word of God. The first church dealt with conflict, and it's amazing how well the church handled it. But there is principles in the Word of God that tells us how we can handle any conflict that we have. In Acts chapter 6, the Word of God reveals that Conflict is not something new. We have an ideal that conflict is something that's maybe in our family or in our life. But may I just remind you, it is very common. Acts 6.1 said, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because the widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Now, this conflict 
had the potential of literally tearing the first church apart. It was, it was literally the, the first church um, had adopted the um, the thinking, if you will, of the Jews in offering, if you will, looking and taking care of the widows in, uh, in the community. That that was t uh, a crossover, if you will, of the Jews uh, in the community of taking care of the people and distributing that, and that was adopted into this first church. And and so immediately conflict happened. So let me give you three things here tonight. Now I believe it'll help you. May I may I just let me just share some with you. These lessons on Wednesday night. You won't leave saying, Boy, hallelujah, what a great church. You won't leave doing that. They're not designed for that. Okay? But you will leave, hopefully and properly, with something that you can use next week, next month, something you can use in your family, something you can use on the job, something you can use when it shows up. This practical Christian living, and I am, I am so, um, so moved by the fact that we need to know how to live the Christian life. I'm convinced that we are seeing a lot of people that don't know how to live the Christian life. So we need to be very practical, and the Bible is practical. It's a book of principles, and so we need to know how. So tonight, uh, understand something. This message is probably not going to be one where you'll leave shouting, but you'll get help. If you'll give me a listening to. First of all, understand the possibility of having a conflict. There are people that believe that conflict only happens in bad churches or churches with crooked leadership or carnal membership. Acts 6, may I say, was the very best church. There was in that day. Literally, the apostles were the leaders. As a matter of fact, it had grown to perhaps several thousand by now. It was growing by leaps and bounds. Interject, I mean, interject, uh, they, they, they were just blown apart the seams. Spirit filled, anointed. Congregation. And as a matter of fact, the church probably has never been purer than what it was here. But there arose a murmuring. Now, murmuring just simply means grumbling, complaining. We all know what murmuring is. It started out with somebody saying, we just haven't been treated right. We're not being treated fairly. And it was a holy church. But please don't miss this. It was a human church. And if you have humans, 
If you have people like us, you have the possibility of conflict. So, first of all, well, why was there conflict? Well, here's the reason. Let me give you just a couple. There might be more reasons, but let me give you a couple. One, because of mistakes. Please let me help you. We won't always, every single time, get it right. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you do it. Somewhere, sometimes, you get things wrong. Now just, now, now listen, just join the rest of us. Some of you perfectionists, just join the rest of us. You're going to get it wrong. No matter how hard you try, sometimes there's going to be mistakes. And in this church, there was the grumbling of the people had to do with the daily ministration or the daily distribution, if you will. See, the Jews had this ideal that they allotted food to widows and other destitute people who couldn't provide for themselves. And so the church just adopted that same ideal, if you will. And during that distribution, there was a mistake. Now, verse 1 says that the widows who spoke Greek or the Grecian if you will. Now there was two sets of widows here. There was the Hebrew speaking widows. Then there was the Grecian widows. And the Grecian widows were not being being slight. Being overlooked. A mistake. Neglected means to overlook. They had been somewhere and for some reason a certain segment of these widows were not receiving their portion of the benevolence. Now, we don't know what it was, but a mistake had been made. Edwin Bliss said, the pursuit of excellence is gratifying and healthy, but the pursuit of perfection is frustrating, neurotic, and a terrible waste of time. Every church is strive for excellence, but a perfect church is a, a mythological tooth fairy, if you will. There's no such thing. No matter what we do, how we do it, please understand something. Somewhere, we put those up every week. Guess what? We want to make a mistake and not get your name on the prayer list sometime or another. You hang around here long enough, your name's just not going to get there. You know why? The way we do this, the calendar changes every month. And sometimes that blessed computer we have shifts everything from one calendar to the other and we'll drop off a whole day and a whole list of people don't get put on there. Now watch is pretty good about catching it, but guess what? Sometimes we miss it. You know, sometimes we'll just misspell your name. Do you, under, do you understand sometimes 
I, I love this. My wife, she just, Darlene just loves doing this. She, as a matter of fact, she's got the word now. When I write something, she'll say, let me proofread that. Because you don't know how to spell. And she'll laugh and giggle. i never forget, we put up a sign up there one day. The lady come in and she just kind of looked at me and smiled and said, Preacher said, that, that word you're going to sign is misspelled. <laughs> and I said, well, why are you spelling mistakes are going to be made? Please understand something. If you've been married over a day, mistakes is going to be made. Somewhere, sometime, you're not going to get it right. Things happen. It's just that simple. So here in this story, we find because of mistakes. Now, we do strive for excellence. We do try here. We, we really do try to do everything the very best we can. But sometimes, I, I was thinking the other day, I, I preach three services. Well, I preach over 150 services a year. And I've done this for 30 years. Somebody multiply 15 times, 150 times 30. How many is that quickly? Pull your phone out and, and, and add it. Anyway, that, that many sermons, how many sermons is that? Huh? 4,500 sermons. Do you suppose I'm going to get every sermon right? Do you? How many am I allotted to make a mistake on? I preached a whole sermon one Sunday. Miss Steins again. She's out there, so we'll talk about it. I, after service, she said, Honey, that's such a wonderful service. I never knew Nicodemus was up a tree. She said, That was just so good. She said, I learned something. I, I thought it was Zacchaeus. All this time, it was Nicodemus. And she didn't do it all the way home. I said, Shut up. You know, you're just not always going to get it right. And this church, praise God, a great church, Holy Ghost empowered, folks were saved, folks were added to it, yet they made a mistake. Not only that, but because of misunderstandings. While it is possible, now listen, that the Greek-speaking Christians were given less attention than the Hebrew-speaking ones, it could very well be that the Greek-speaking widows perceived that it went through. Listen, I'm amazed. I'm totally mind-blowing amazed. Well, they made this mistake. And I'll tell you, I know they meant to do it. How they go from there to here blows my mind. The Greeks were saying, Well, we didn't get our we didn't get our daily rations. I know why. Because we speak Greek. We're not as good. I know. Hold it. Did they ask? 
Hopkin. Isn't it amazing how we jump to conclusions to make some true that's not? And they perhaps run over there says, we're not getting it because we speak Greek and not Hebrew. Now there's nothing in the Scriptures that remotely, that remotely gives a suggestion that that's happening. But they perceived it. Matthew Henry said this, the apostles were doing the best they could to do, distribute what had been given to them. And they did not intend for anyone to be left out, though it obviously happened. But the Greeks felt they were being slighted simply because they were not Hebrew-speaking Jews. May I say this? The conflict probably had nothing to do with the fact that they were Greek-speaking or Hebrew-speaking. It's just a mistake and a misunderstanding. May I remind you, I love this story. In 1972, the Canadian hockey team traveled to Moscow to fight to play the Russians. The Canadian team feared the room was bugged. So they were looking around and searching. One of the teams found a small metal object under the carpet in the center of the room. They finally got loose and they heard a crash. They had removed the anchor that held the chandelier in the room below them. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Sometimes conflicts arise when people dig up problems that never really existed. As humans, we jump to conclusions and we're usually jumping into a conflict. This first church was made up of forgiven yet fallen, fallible human beings and a mistake can no doubt been made, but may I just say a misunderstanding just excelled it. Just excelled it. Made it bigger than what it was. May I say number two, the possibility of having a conflict. Here's where we want to get to the meat of the message. The principle for handling a conflict. Our modern society has a phrase called conflict resolution. Matter of fact, there's a national association that meets a print of quarterly magazine, but long before there was conflict resolution become a recognized practice, the first church was able to resolve their conflict without the help of, of experts or outside people. Let me show you how that they did this first of all. Please understand this. They did not let it divide them. Wow. Chapter began with two groups. One had an issue with the other. 
the whole situation was ripe for a Baptist split. <laughs> I, when we had Brother Jason uh, in for revival, and we got to spend time, and he asked me, he said, Preacher, there's, there's just churches everywhere around here. He said, how do all these churches get to be? I said, Brother, just to be honest with you, most of them are split from some other church. Somebody got mad at somebody else, went down the road a couple miles, and started up a church, and that's how most of them got started. Most of them branched out, not, not, in, a foreign, not in a different state or in a foreign country, right here in the same community. I'll tell you, I'll show them we'll go down here and start on church. And that's exactly how 99% of them started. He said, really? I said, that's true. May I remind you, this situation was ripe for our Baptist split division. Notice what they did. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, probably the greatest statement here, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. First of all, they got everybody together and they said, we're not going to let it divide us. By the way, when there's mistakes, misunderstandings, it shouldn't divide us. Man, it shouldn't divide your home. It shouldn't divide you on your job. It shouldn't do that. Because you come together and work it out. Second thing it did, and this is so important, they didn't let it distract them. Now, the apostles, the first thing they did, they said this, it's not reason that we should, or that word reason means acceptable practice for us to leave the Word of God and serve tables. Here's what they didn't say, preachers, that we're not, we're, we're too good to serve tables. And what saying, that ain't what it means. It means this. He said it's not acceptable for us. The widows are important. They need to get your portion. But God's not going to be pleased if we start preaching and go wait on these. On these. Let me help you here tonight. There is an awful lot goes on in this church in a week's time. You'd be amazed. Let me, let me give you a test. And Dave, you can't answer Somebody jump up right quick. Except Ronnie. He can't answer either. How long does it take to vacuum this auditorium? You've done it. Forgot about you. Can I just slap him? Okay. It takes two hours the best you can do to vacuum this auditorium. Now, I'm not talking about the hallways. I'm not talking about Sunday school classes. Here's what he's saying. Apostle said, we don't have the time to stop and make sure we get the vacuuming done. We've got time to study because 
Preaching time's coming up. They got prepared for that. So we need other people to do this. That's what he's saying. They said we cannot. And, and what he did was this. He said, listen, before we dis the, uh, discuss what's distracting, what the division, the problem, the conflict here, before we discuss the conflict, let's establish the purpose of the church is the word of God. The purchase of the church, the purpose of the church is the preaching, the learning, the growing, the winning of lost and dying souls to Christ. The purpose of the church is the word of God. May I remind you, when there's conflict, that can override the purpose of a church. But Ralph Sexton went to do a revival. And preacher said, I'll show sure deacons meeting. And I'll come back. We'll go out and eat before church tonight. He said, okay. He said, wait right here. So, 15 minutes turned into an hour. Hour turned into two hours. Service was canceled that night. Finally, the preacher come back, defeated. He said, Brother Sexton, you might just need to go home. This whole time, we've been arguing and fighting over the color of trash cans. The color of trash cans. Had a knock down drag out over the color of trash cans. So right back to church. I ain't asking you what color you like. You're going to get what we put out there. How ridiculous. I'm talking about a large church. And what happened. They got distracted. And the color of trash cans. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. If I'd been the pastor. I would have stuck to Hold it. Trust some. Jack the trash cans. Instead of preaching. You got to keep the main thing. The main thing. There's a lot that goes on around here in the week. May I remind you there is. But may I also remind you this. That's the reason we got staff. Because the truth of the matter is, I used to years ago could do all of that plus prepare to preach. Man, I don't know if I got the energy to do all that now. But I'll tell you one thing. If I got to get that done or preach, the preaching's going to go first. It didn't distract them. He said, it's not reason we should. See, it don't make sense. It's not acceptable. I know the church. This was, this was what they did to community. This is crazy. They divided on the color of the shingles. And you know what they done? They, 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 they shingled one side one color and another side a different color. And in a testimony to the community that we're divided. How ridiculous can you get? But may I say, now listen, look this way. That's no more different than some of the junk that goes on in, in, in churches 
in our area. May I say, praise God. It may happen Sunday, but it ain't happened here with the help of God. We won't because we won't get the main thing, the main thing. So we got to preach the word of God. So they didn't let it divide them. Didn't let them distract them. But then notice this. It did not let it defeat them. Now there no doubt was a, a problem with widows being overlooked in the ministry of the church. But the solution offered was this. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. That was your first deacons. That was the first deacons. I love our men. We don't have this issue. We never, I never have. But yet, I love our men. But may I remind you, in this passage, deacons were not to run the church. They were to help the pastor so the church could run. <laughs> do something for God. Our men don't. We got great men. We really do. And the reality is, he said, listen, we, we need to be preparing to preach. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be studying. We need praying. He said, choose ye seven men of honest report. I like that. He said, and, and for the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and he said, appoint them over this business. Let them get in the middle of it and find out what needs to be done to fix it. Then what he says, notice verse 6, 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And he gives a list of the men that they chose to be the first deacons. Rather than being overcome by the problem, the people came together and worked together and overcome the conflict. And so doing the first church, that reminds us that spirit-led, spirit-filled church needs, uh, never needs to be stopped or slowed down by conflict. We're willing to stand together and serve God together. We can handle conflict. And by the way, conflict will come. Somebody's going to get sideways over something. And if that ain't enough, you'll fight like dogs and cats when you get here and bring it to the church. I mean, well, I ain't gonna ask that question. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just do not know. The truth is, conflict. The possibility of conflict is there, but the principle for healing conflict. First thing in a conflict in marriage is this: you need to not distract it. You said I do. She said I do. Now do it. Shut up. Stay together. Work through the problems. Work through the difficulties. And that's why. That's how you stay together. Got to work through the, the the conflict. Number three, the power of healing the conflict. Verse five gives us some men who were chosen to serve in the first deacons. It's interesting to note. Please don't miss this. It's interesting to note. These were all Greeks. 
There's not a Hebrew in the crowd. They were all Greek Christians. You say, why why'd they do that? The church came to a wise decision and let the very ones who felt slighted take over the care of the widows. And what it was, and it was it was monumental. The, the issue was with the Grecians. So they just chose seven Greek men. Said, you, we'll put you over this mess. You take care of it. You figure out what's going on. You take care of them. And it helped the church. And what happened after the apostles ordained the men is a sign of God's blessings on the church. And have no choice. Said, and the word of God increased. First of all, church ministry expanded. They said, we will give ourselves continued prayer to the ministry of the word. Increase means to grow that. And, and it's amazing because if you have growth, I told you last week, we have numerical growth without spirituality, but true growth is spiritual, then numerical. You give up with God, You'll tell somebody about Jesus and it'll grow. Then the church membership enlarged and the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Verse 7 says, The priests were leaving the sacrificial order of the temple and joining them the true sacrifice of the Lamb of God. A couple was visiting countryside near Scotland. The man took a photo of his wife standing in a field next to a fence. A few months later, the man's wife brought the whole family to Scotland, tried to show them the place where the photograph had been made. But for some reason, they couldn't find the fence. When asked a local about it, he said, you must have been here in the spring. Now it's harvest time. The grain is grown so high, it blocks out the fence. Every time a church has conflict, an issue that threatens to divide him, if it's handled right, it will, it will create literally, if it's handled properly, godly, it will help the church to grow stronger than it ever was before. Conflict handled right will not hinder the harvest of God cause us to reap. So, may we. far as I know, I don't know of any conflict in our church. Now, I'm sure I could get one before the night's out. I'm sure somebody come up and say, well, I've been keeping it quiet, but I got, come, I got a problem with you. I'm sure. May I say this? I'm sure I've had many conflicts in days gone by. But when we handle it right, well, let me just bring it home. Our church will flourish. May I, let me bring it home. When we handle conflict right in our homes, May I remind you, you'll help your marriage to go stronger. Conflict handled right 
handled right should grow us stronger than we ever have been before. Because the truth is, conflict is going to happen. So tonight I pray, I've helped you to handle conflict. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you having a conflict? Some of you work on a job. Tell you a story. I had a man that I worked next to. He was the devil. I told him one time, I said, you know, I said, I, I just don't know if I believe the Bible. He said, why? I said, the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I've been resisting you and resisting you and you're still here. I, know, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. And I'll tell you what I did every day. Every single day, I left that man a gospel track somewhere. The day came when he figured out it was me. Could you imagine? I bet you there's two or three hundred tracks. He had them in his hand and he took and threw them at me. And I would pray and I would say, God, I want to hurt him in the name of Jesus. But I know that's not right because everybody was watching. My department was watching me. I wouldn't argue with him. I wouldn't fight. He'd cuss or back. He was just, he was, he was just unbelievable. Long story short was this. I just kept praying and doing right. The day came, they fired that joker. And guess who got his job? They walked in there and they said, you know, we think you can do this job. Why don't you take this job here? Give me more money. And I thought, now if I'd handled that wrong. Now I'm not, telling you, I'm not, I'm not here telling you I've always handled conflicts right. I think I have sometimes. Matter of fact, I know I hadn't. But in that man, I tried to handle that thing right. And in the end... End up getting a raise. He's gone. And I end up getting his job. I don't care where your conflict is. If you just handle it right. Do the best you can. And that's hard sometimes. How many times do you ever work with the devil? I'm telling you, this man was wicked. He was just wicked. But if you handle it right, my, how God can turn that thing for you. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe tonight I've touched on something. Amen. That you needed to hear.